Hello and thank you for downloading my podcast, McHugh Corner. My name is Meg and every episode this season we're talking about grief, something that we all experience in our lives and hopefully something you can find comfort listening to. This is episode two and I welcome my first guest, Nathan McLean, who has been through a lot of grief and loss in his life and I've invited him on to tell everyone about his story through his own wise words and to share his coping mechanisms that have helped him shape to be the most amazing person that he is today. So hello Nathan. Hello. Thank you for coming on my podcast. We're going to kind of steer this one towards, because you were really young, how your experience was dealing with grief when you were young. We'll just go with it. And so if you want to just explain what happened and how old you were and your order of events. Okay. So when I was around about um, 16, when my dad died, um, and I think it was maybe four years before that, he was diagnosed with motor neuron disease. The easiest way to describe it is what Stephen Hawking had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very like debilitative disease where the sort of motor neurons in your head stop working in your brain. So you sort of lose connections to the muscles and you basically just slowly lose all sort of motor function in terms of like lifting your arms or walking or and basically he was a person confined to a wheelchair. Um, when was he diagnosed with that? Uh, about four four years prior okay. to him dying. So when I was 12, maybe? Okay. No, yeah, probably 12. Is that like a fast deterioration? It's, yeah, it's generally, they sort of say, three to five years. Really? So yeah. Stephen Hawkins was essentially a lot, lot longer yeah, than he should? Yeah, he an anomaly in that sense. Okay. Um, but yeah, and just... My dad just sort of slowly got worse and worse. We had a sort of home care and people coming in and out of the house all the time, had alterations done to the house. Yeah, like to a, get him up the stairs and things like that, is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah, well, we, we had like a chairlift put in for dad to get upstairs, but eventually it got so bad they couldn't even use the chairlift, so we moved him downstairs, changed the whole bathroom, made a sort of disabled access. Yeah, it was not a, it was not a great time. No. Um... During that point, I was I was swimming close to nine times a week. Really, even yeah. when your dad was yeah, well, I was trying to um, just keep yourself busy. Yeah, well, it was my, it was my dad that first pushed me into swimming, and it was such a big focus in my life, and that was sort of my the direction in my life. That's where I wanted to go. That's what I wanted to do. Um, sadly, I got to the point where I like I couldn't do it anymore. I had to stop and look after my dad. Such a big responsibility. Yeah, I mean, I was getting up at two to take him to the toilet. Really? Getting up at four, sitting to the toilet, and then getting up at half past five to go and swim for two hours before school. My God. Um, so I was, I was run ragged. I was and you were at school at the same time yeah. as all of this? Yeah, so I, I mean, it really affected my schooling. I didn't do terribly well, but I got through it. <laughs> you got through it, yeah, you did get <laughs> I through, through it. school at least. Uh, and so, where, so when did he pass away? What was the year? What, uh, how old were you? It was eight years ago now. Eight years I ago. Think. Uh, what year did he die? 2012? That's, that's seven years. Yeah, so it'll be eight seven years this year. year. Eight years this year, yeah. Yeah, yeah so seven years. Um, was it round about this time of year? No, it was around November time. Oh, really? Yeah. Same as my dad? Yeah. Most Not a good time of year. No. <laughs> no. no. That's when most of my family have died. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, that's so weird. After like 24th of November onwards. It was really? It's like before Christmas? Yeah. That's so oh, weird. Just after Christmas as well. And just after Christmas. Yeah. So, and then, 
So he passed away, of course. Yeah. That was kind of like an expected thing to happen yeah, with his. Expected. And then your mum, what happened with her? Yeah, so my mum sort of just, she kind of fell ill. Like she wasn't entirely sure what was going on with her and the doctors weren't overly sure either. She then, she kind of got put on loads of steroids and stuff like that to try and suss out what was wrong with her, see what would help her, but like, they couldn't really figure it out. Oh, that's so weird. Um, what, what did so, they, where did it come from though? Uh, so mum kept getting really breathless like she just like couldn't catch her breath and she was on like nebulizers and inhalers um, mm. that sort of thing to try and help with her breathing because like she, going up and down the stairs she'd have to sit down for about 10 minutes afterwards just to catch her breath again she um, wasn't a smoker or anything was she? she was when she was younger but not, not anymore but then Sheba mum always used to say it was from like trying to lift my dad things like that helping him out of his chair into the hoist and things like that she was a very little lady she was tiny she was tiny wasn't she 5'2 something like that that is Um, yeah 5'6 so that's all so from that she got lung biopsies taken and a lot of other different things just to try and figure out what was wrong with her and so I said mum was 5'2 something like that tiny tiny woman so she got a biopsy taken from her lung which you're probably looking at about a 2 inch punch out of a lung that's probably only going to be about 6 inch shit like tiny or maybe so is a biopsy that, like uh, something taken from it yeah so they take a bit of the lung and punch we oh my god it. it's creepy um, and from that mum's lung then collapsed and they couldn't <sighs> inflate it so sort of she's already breathless she's got one lung one lung with a wee punch taken out of it yeah so she couldn't breathe very well at all and then like, from that they were able to actually decide to decipher that she had uh, pulmonary fibrosis which is like a big build-up of scar tissue on the lungs. And it's like, I think it can be from, like, getting ill and not healing properly from it. Mm. And, yeah, she just was just very ill. She was in and out of hospital all the time. Could they not like, fix that, I guess? I think they tried to, and, like, they yeah. had her on different things. And, I mean, it's something so hard to do. That's why they put them on steroids, just to sort of figure out what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, mum... She was in and out of different hospitals, and then eventually she got moved up to the Huntley Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was there and got texts from her, just being like, "Oh, I think I'm getting better. This is so nice. I feel so good." I went and went to see her. It seemed fine. And then I think it was the next day, I got a phone call from like one of my mum's best friends, just being like, "Okay, like we need to go out to Huntley. Something's not quite right." This was the middle of the night. I mean, Chris, we're like, okay, got picked up in town and drove out, and the nurse was like, just said. Your mum had a panic attack and she couldn't catch her breath. Oh my god. So that was. That's so horrible. Yeah, that was that. You've told me the story in the past, but every time I hear it, I'm like, that's just such a. Such a horrible, scary thing that she must have had to go through. Yeah, I mean, she was always positive. She never actually said. She'd always be like, oh, I don't feel great. But she'd always be like, I think I'm getting better, though. Yeah. Every single time Mm. I saw her, she was like, I think I'm getting better. I think this is not going to be in hospital much longer. Yeah. And Um, also, no one ever really wants to admit that they're getting worse either. I think Um, it was the same with my dad. I think he was like, oh, it's fine. I was like, you look worse today. (laughs) You definitely look worse. I feel like there's an aspect of like positivity to it. Yeah. If you think you're going to get better, you will. Yeah. Mum always used to sort of swear by that. She was always like yeah. focused on the help from other people and how much that helped her. And mm. she like fed off that and made her feel better. So you obviously missed her. Yeah. Did you, you didn't get to see her. I saw her the day before. You saw her the day before. Did yeah. you see her after? No, I didn't. I didn't want to. Yeah. Like when I saw my dad after, and I kind of—it's weird. I can't decide if it was a mistake or not because sometimes I just get flashes of seeing him passed away. But it was—I think it's a good idea you didn't because. But when my dad died... It's not, nothing like them. When my dad died, I, did, I couldn't do it. I couldn't look at him like that. I yeah. I see him like that. They don't look um, the same. They look yeah. like a completely different person. It's bizarre. Um, because I 
not seeing my dad. I was like, nah, I don't want to see. I don't want to just don't want to see. Like they were like, she looks peaceful. I was like, that's fine. Yeah. Leave her that way. I don't like. I don't want to. You want to have the memories. Yeah, I don't want to tarnish like what or the the vision I had of my mum as being alive with one that is like a sad. It's like, it's like I don't know. It's a bit yeah, of a sad image, it's know? very sad. It's like life changing because yeah. I've never seen somebody dead. Yeah before and then I saw it and I was like this is not I couldn't stay in the room for mm. longer than a few seconds I was yeah. like this is not right it was very very surreal yeah it's something that I didn't want to have to deal with mm-hmm. I feel like on top of it all I was just like I've sort of made my peace with it at the time kind of yeah like, I'm very really grieved over it like when we got told about mum I was just just kind of stood there and kind of laughed I was like god did you laugh I was like no not again <laughs> oh uh, god man in between all that, my gran also died. Did she? <laughs> so it was two years between my dad dying and my mum dying. Oh, was it two years, right? Okay. And then my gran died in between that. Got so many deaths. <laughs> the fifth of Really? <laughs> oh, my God. So it's the time of year as well. Yeah. So in your initial, like, initial time where your dad had already passed away, you've been grieving over him and then you get hit with the second one what are you what are you feeling at that point i honestly can't even imagine because one parent is bad enough and you know that's all i've experienced but you've been through both and it's just like how what did you think in that point if you even remember yeah well i don't know it was a bit i don't really remember like that aftermath of mum dying um, apparently, I just slept for about a week. Really? Yeah. I, 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 don't even, I couldn't actually tell you what I did. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. It was such a mind-numbing thing to go through. I was just like, I didn't really want to do or say anything. And, mm. I mean, losing the one, yeah, was bad enough. That hit me so hard. Yeah. Um, especially still in school, it's like how. How am I supposed to deal with that? Yeah. And were you still um, in school with your mum? No, I was in first year at uni. First year, right, yeah, okay. I literally the first three semesters. Must have been just before I met you then, so not but much before. Yeah, no, because I resat first year. Right, got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, That'll be why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, to be honest, I don't know how I dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I've mentioned prior, not here, but um, speaking to a counsellor at school I was put on I had an absolutely amazing yeah. dance teacher at the time who was like look I think you should speak to somebody here at school we've got somebody you can speak to and frankly like that helped me so much helped me deal with it so much I was going to ask you that actually if that's if that was something that helped you in school yeah completely really that like, got me through like I don't know I can't even remember how many times I went but it was quite often more than once a week just spoke about my life the thing is it was like she didn't even say too much to me Mm-hmm. It was just kind of me speaking, and then obviously she'd ask me the right questions, and I would just kind of open it all up and mm-hmm. feel a little bit relieved get after, a bit, probably get a bit of a cry. And yeah, like, it was just something that I felt like really kind of put me on the right path mm-hmm. to not being bogged down by it for the rest of my life. Yeah, because I think kind of the whole point of this whole podcast is that we're opening up the discussion about it. And in school, when you started opening up the discussion, it gave you a way to channel your energy about Mm. all these things you'll be feeling rather than closing off and then probably exploding or, you know. Yeah, I feel like it kind of, I wouldn't say stopped bad things from happening to me, but it kind of like allowed me to put my focus back in to myself and mm. not and not be sad about it if you know what I mean yeah like, so it's such a strong thing to say even like <laughs> that you've managed to get yourself through something so devastating yeah kind of yeah just I feel like it helped me be a positive person and stay a positive person mm-hmm. I feel like there's not really much that would kind of derail me from being positive at this point in my life now yeah that's amazing um, which, Which I've noticed as well. Yeah. yeah, you always seem to be very chipper. That's the word. <laughs> that would be the correct word. Chipper. 
So did you find that people, with, so we'll go back to your dad, but so like when you were in school, did you feel like people treated you the same? Or did you feel like there's a weird vibe? Or was it, what was it like being so young? In, in school, it was kind of a strange one because people knew my dad was ill. Everyone I knew at school I'm still friends with now and still probably will be for the next, I don't know, 40 years. Or mm-hmm. um, nobody really pussyfooted around the subject, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They, they were kind of like, oh, how are you? And I was like, meh, I, I don't know. Nobody pried too much. Nobody, everyone could see how much I was hurting. I mean, I think, I can't remember how long I actually took off school afterwards, but it was a pretty substantial amount of time. Was it? Um, yeah, I was devastated. Like, I was, mm. it was not a, not a happy time. I think as well, it's weird because I feel like I'm extremely young to have lost a parent. Yeah. And then for that to happen to you eight years ago is fucking nuts to me because that's how old would you have been? 16? Yeah, 16. 16 to lose a parent is surreal. Yeah. So... To have the mental capacity to stay with it, even get yourself to uni, because that's like an achievement in itself. Yeah, well, that was part of the reason I got to uni was because my dad was ill. Like, I didn't actually get in, accepted to any universities. Oh, really? Um, I was, like, one grade off of getting into RGU, which was, was my first choice, in, like, anyway. Um, but actually, my aunt emailed from America to the university, and what was really bizarre about this whole situation is the admissions officer for RGU was the sister to my dad's head carer. Oh my god. <laughs> Such <laughs> really, a small world. Yeah, so my auntie was like, look, he's been through so much, is there any chance you could possibly accept him? And I got a phone call from her being like, hi, uh, I'm the admissions officer for RGU but I'm also the sister to your dad's head carer. Oh my god, that's so uh, weird. would be over the moon to offer you a place here. And I was Amazing. Like, I was like, absolutely delighted, like, you couldn't, mm. couldn't have been happier. Like, and your dad gave you that gift. Yeah, well, well, yeah, obviously, like, not a gift, but oh, you know the best, what I mean. Best gift I could have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so good that they that they made that allowance, though, because yeah. it would just be. How would you expect it to perform at your highest in that stress? So, how long do you think you had off school then? Maybe a month. Oh, that's not that much. That's not that much. I had longer time off work, yeah. so. Right. <laughs> I thought you meant like a long time. <laughs> So when you got back to school then, did you find that you kind of settled in or was it just too much to go back? It was, it was quite a lot of work to catch up on. Oh, yeah. Uh, I broke down crying once in one of my chemistry classes. Did you? Oh, no. My, uh, chemistry teacher that I hadn't heard. And uh, she asked me, like, oh, where have you been? Like, you've not caught up with anything. I said, oh, I'm, I had, like, other stuff to do. She started shouting at me, asking me, like, oh, what, other, what other stuff could you do better than that? What? And I just burst into tears and ran out of the classroom. But she didn't she, know this. She didn't know this. And then How was she? Came, came, she then somebody obviously said like, "Oh, Miss, his dad died," and she came like sprinting out the classroom. She gave me the biggest hug and was just like, "I'm so so sorry. I, I, no, I didn't hear. I didn't know." Like, yeah. Uh, and, uh, she must have felt like such a dick. Uh, well, she, was, she was a lovely <laughs> teacher too. Yeah. She was really like really helpful through the whole thing afterwards. Yeah. Um, gave me a lot of allowances and mm-hmm. she helped me get through my hard time. So I appreciate that. Oh, bless. Also, bad communication with your school, clearly. <laughs> like, like, how in the hell would you not know that? Um, yeah, I don't know. So do you find your relationship, so you've got a brother, yeah. um, how were things with him at the time, and how have things progressed? Because obviously he went through the same thing, yeah. obviously. Um, so. I think at the time, myself and my brother Chris didn't quite see eye to eye um, through what I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like we, we were, we were both just upset with each other. Um, yeah. When Dad died, Chris was in Edinburgh at university there. I don't know whether if he was annoyed that he wasn't here. Yeah. But I think we 
we didn't we didn't see eye to eye at all. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm kind of sad for it, and I think he'd probably the same. But we've been through that so much. And then after Mum died, kind of at each other a wee bit and just fell out about specific things, whatever. But oh yeah, really? I mean, yeah, there was there was a lot to deal with, and he took on a lot of burden, which I'm more more than grateful for. And mm-hmm. I want, I hope he knows that. Like, yeah, he moved into a family home by himself to look after our dogs because he didn't want to get rid of the dogs and, and I skulked off into town and got a flat yeah, yeah. the time and maybe the situations could have been done better but I mean what what's an 18 year old supposed to do yeah I didn't want to stay I've been, I've been staying at home for 18 years at that point I'd hardly uh-huh. I'd lived in town maybe for two months I didn't and want also to you didn't want to like be constantly surrounded by um you know, the place that your parents yeah, were. Like, it can be a bit intense, you know? It was, like, a horrendous place to be sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, it was nice to have the escape. When we all which, went out yeah, the weekends together, that was fun. Which I'm so thankful for Chris for doing that. But I, I was an 18-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I would have done the same as I you. I couldn't I have done that. I my decisions. Um, and I, maybe Chris would have this a little bit, but I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but dogs make it difficult, difficult yeah. as well. Like It's hard. Like, it's just, I grew up with dogs as well, and they were like... It's part of the family. Yeah. It's hard, but... They were great dogs. Yeah. But, I mean, now, me and Chris are best friends. We're mm-hmm. such good friends now, and, I mean, I've just bought a flat in Aberdeen, and his, he just bought a flat maybe, I don't know, 50 metres from mine. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, so good, though. at the park around the corner, and, yeah, we're, we're more of a support group to each other now than I think we ever would have been. And do you think it just kind of naturally went that way? Yeah, I just, I don't think there was any way we could have done mm-hmm. things differently. I yeah. Mean, well, there's like, like anger happens with grief, so yeah. just, it's so easy to you kind of blame someone or, blame. yeah, so it's kind of a natural thing, I guess. I'm but, not um, saying anyone was pointing fingers about who to blame and stuff like yeah. that. It's just like, there's like an irrational aspect of being sad and you, the, the first person at that point would have been me, it would have been Chris. So mm-hmm. like, so how else, like, exactly so how did you did you get you know support you must have had support from other people because I wouldn't have a clue what to do with anything yeah, you know what I mean we have a pretty big family um, a lot of brothers and sisters on my mum's side and dad's side um, a lot of family friends that helped and good yeah, we had a massive support group um, my godmother my mum's best friend was an absolute gem throughout all. Uh, yeah, there's a massive support group. Yeah. Still is, like... Yeah. Um, just amazes me even thinking about you as a little teen just having to deal with this. Just... Chris took on a lot of the burden. Yeah. He took a lot of it. Um, so you're good now? Yeah. Good. I'm very glad to hear that. So do you think that, like, happening at such a young age, do you think that would age you? Because I feel like I feel very aged all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely had to grow up very quickly. Very quickly, um, yeah. There's something about being 14, 15 and having to take your father to the toilet mm-hmm. that kind of hits you pretty hard and mm-hmm. you have to kind of evaluate what like what age you are and like what sort of behaviours you have and how, how you carry yourself in terms of that because it's like obviously I was sad about it but mum couldn't do it she couldn't physically lift it she couldn't help mm-hmm. so like I had to do it there was no other option really um, and I I think I've I grew up really quick which I'm glad for though yeah um, I wouldn't change much about the way I've grown up. Obviously, I wouldn't like to lose my parents again, but the way that it's actually shaped me as a person and helped me sort of grow up is yeah, like... Yeah, that's so interesting. It's really like, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with who I am as a person. Yeah. I'm happy now. And obviously, at the time, miserable, but and I... It, yeah, I think people who are listening would be amazed to hear that as well. Yeah. Because you it could have gone such an opposite way. Yeah. 
for anybody that don't get me wrong there were some horrendous dark times I was mm-hmm. I was in bad places but you, got, yeah, you managed well, to you just got the strength to get through them yeah there's a kind of aspect of getting out of my head and just surrounding yourself with people that they don't even have to understand just people that can offer a sort of outlet or a way to escape from being sad or being trapped in this bizarre headspace of constantly being sad mm-hmm. which I was out of mm-hmm. so have you ever heard of the seven stages of grief yeah so I was looking it up the other day and I think I'm in the fourth stage potentially because yeah. I'm in a very at this moment in time quite a low place mm-hmm. and I quite enjoy being alone and yeah. that sort of thing I feel like I'm going crazy a lot of the time because it's I don't know my emotions are in. I'm going to council on Monday which I'm great yeah. happy about because <laughs> I think that'll make me feel more um well, what are the seven stages then? The seven stages are so sort of shock and disbelief. Yeah. So that's gone. That's passed. So that speaks for itself. Denial, being like, why has this happened to me? Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, denying the event, not acknowledging it, uh-huh. almost. Rushing under the Yeah. Then there's guilt. Should I have done something differently? Yeah. Should I have went to see them more? My dad shouldn't have had this. He should have had this operation instead. Guilt. Anger and bargaining, which is part of grieving. Why did this happen? Please, yeah. like, praying and mm-hmm. things like that and then depression and then the last one is the last two are reconstruction working through and acceptance so I think I'm somewhere at the start <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm somewhere at the start yeah, but I mean, it's a pretty fresh wind for you yeah it's a pretty fresh wind for me and I think I maybe been taking too many things on or something like that I was just going crazy the other day you know yeah but like the thing is it's like that's how you're dealing with it the way you're doing it is you've done you've sort of put emphasis on your career you're like focused yeah, on true. something that your dad would be proud of mm-hmm. or that That's your so true. would be proud of like what, you're like channeling it into something productive which I think a lot of people don't do like people could sit around and mope mm-hmm. but like what you're doing with it is this podcast is a way of understanding other people's grief, grief, or and is a way of sort of projecting your grief onto other people to figure out how to get through such a horrible traumatic event in your life I'm glad you appreciate that because I don't think I would have done any of this without dad you know like I could never have seen myself doing a podcast or YouTube videos or anything like that because I would to be honest I'd be a bit embarrassed I totally agree yeah and now I'm just like you know fuck it (laughs) I want to talk about it and I want people to hear it and yeah I think that's what makes it important speaking about these sort of things makes it so much easier to deal with and having other people that you can sort of empathise with just really makes a whole other difference. Mm. Do you think then, because this is another thing that I was going to speak about, that, so I've noticed that people don't speak to me about it. Yeah. I, as I was saying in the like, previous podcast, and I've spoke to you about this already, but um, do you think that that makes things worse? Like, I personally think speaking about it makes me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish people would realise that they're not going to offend me if they ask. And it's a shame for them thinking that I'm going to feel offended. I think there's, like, an aspect of people don't want to upset you. Yeah, for sure. They forget that what has happened was obviously hard, was obviously sad, and they don't want to sort of trigger that, the sadness, if you know what I mean. They don't, they think, oh, if you're not thinking about it, then I'm not thinking about it, then everyone's happy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's so true. People kind of don't understand that it's still there, regardless of seven years of my dad dying. It's like, that cut is still still very much there. Mm -hmm. I'm still sad about it, but it's just, I've learned to cope with it, I've learned to deal with it. And part of that is, I make jokes about it all the time. Like, I mean... I yeah, know. you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, I don't know if that's an acceptable way to deal with it. But of like, course it is. At the same time, like, if someone says something, I'd be like, oh, my parents died type thing. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. It's like, yeah, I know, but it was like seven years ago. I've, 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 I've dealt with my demons. I've had it. Like, yeah. 
it's when people don't realize and then like oh what do your parents do it's like oh my parents died when i was quite young and i was like oh my god god, i'm so sorry i'm so sorry yeah you don't have to say sorry at this point yeah you don't have to make a big thing about it like Mm. i'm happy to speak about it if you actually want to know about it ask me yeah speak about your parents they say happy memories and you know like it's not all doom and gloom with it like i love telling stories when i get drunk I just love telling people about my parents. Yeah. I had such a nice childhood, had such a nice home, and such a nice life. Mm. Obviously, there is a dark side to that, but I've, I've learned to deal with that. I've learned how to get myself through it, and it would be nice to help other people through yeah, it. Yeah, and that's what I think as well. Like, I think us all coming together and just, you know what, you've been through it, I've been through it, and even if you haven't been through it, kind of just, like, don't feel so scared about speaking to the people yeah. who have. Like, I think it should be just more of a positive celebration of their life yeah. rather than, oh, shit they died you know that's obviously terrible Ooh. <laughs> yeah Ooh. <laughs> we're joking about it like you know yeah, I guess we can joke about yeah. it but um, yeah, there's an aspect of being brave about it like when you said your dad died I was like how are you I was kind of like I, was kind of like, I know you're not okay but like give me give me some some details here I want to know mm. what you're feeling I want to like understand why you're that sad or why you have a bad birthday or yeah. that sort of thing like so you don't need to brush over topics like this mm-hmm. I think that if just ask something yeah <laughs> like as yourself though you'll know if someone asks you're like oh this is kind of nice to actually get yeah. this off my chest yeah. like even just looking at photos and things yeah. as you know it was my birthday the other day mm-hmm. and it was my first one without him and I was like this is this sucks this is our first proper life event that's happened since yeah. he's gone the whole fucking day I was sitting there just waiting for a message from him being like oh happy birthday Maggie which is used to say or phone call but not, obviously it wasn't going to happen but I was just, at the end of the day I was like this has been the worst you know what I mean mm. and then I went to see my mum and brother a couple of days ago and they were like showing me photos of him and we had some stories and it made me feel so much better yeah. just even just chatting about how ridiculous he was as a person and it was just so nice, so nice. Yeah, it's always nice. Like my, so my godmother is my mum's best friend. She and my mother are just a bunch of bloody idiots. <laughs> <laughs> just even still, when they were like, I mean, they're bloody pensioners now, 60, uh, 62, I believe. 62 uh, bloody pensioners. <laughs> <laughs> got a bus pass, so... <laughs> <laughs> My auntie tells me stories just all the time about mum and all their stupid things that they did and she's still still stupid as ever and mm. still like I mean still nice to go and get pissed with them and Yeah, and like, I think it keeps a memory alive because you don't want to forget about anything. Yeah. Like I still hear my dad's voice. Mm-hmm. Um still I mean it's only been four months for me, but it's clear as ever. So it's just I like to watch videos and I want to, you know, just keep it yeah. just keep it nice. It's the so. voices stay. Yes, yeah. I hope they do. Your, I don't know if you've had any really bizarre dreams yet. I have, yeah. man. Oh my god! God, that's terrifying. I've woken up and ch- just tears just like yeah. Oh, that was so spooky. And then in the dream, I'm so annoyed at myself because I spent the whole dream crying because I'm like, I see them, and I'm like, oh my god, the, I know that this is not real. It's really weird. It's but like, I have had the bizarre yeah, dreams. Like, sort of vivid dreams as well. Yeah, they're so real. Also. And that's what I. Love you love about dreaming and stuff like that. Like, mm. I find that aspect so so bizarre and like I I don't pretend like I'm gonna understand it, but there's just that weird connection mm-hmm. to that dream that you feel like that's real and I think it's them coming through to you in some way. Yeah, like I think it's like a spirit I or love, something. I love believing in stuff like that, like all this weird mm-hmm. stuff about like yeah, just horoscopes and stuff like that. I know yeah, it's, me I know too. I know it's a lot of crap, maybe. Me too. Like, I, I love stuff like, like that. How can you not find stuff like that interest? What if? Like, why Why not? Yeah, like, it must be the things that they say in the dreams too. I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. It's definitely something they would say in the way they would say it. Mm. And, oh, so nice. Like, so. I don't know if you 
have a gravestone or anything like that. And um, an urn because he was cremated. Uh, yeah. So I regularly, well, I've not been in years, I'll admit, but I've not been to a French gravestone in a while. Oh, right. But regularly I would go and speak. I'd just sit down and have a chat. And it feels, it sounds a bit silly, but, like, that helped me. Cause it, no, just... Here's, here's the news from my life. I want you guys to know what's mm. going on and whether or not you're here or whether you're somewhere else. Like, about, hopefully, hopefully there is something that they can hear mm. and they can understand and whatever. It's nice to just talk to yourself as well. I just, like, I like to say, I've got a little shrine in my house. Sometimes I just sit down to it and tell my dad what I've been doing. Go, Dad, well, start this podcast. It's about you. <laughs> you know, I just think it's... I totally agree. I think it's yeah. very therapeutic and I think speaking about it's therapeutic. I feel quite nice now yeah. and I felt pretty shit earlier today. <laughs> Comes in waves, obviously. Yeah, it'll um, keep coming. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it'll keep coming. I, mean, I, but, I regularly like my own company as well and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, but me I, too, actually. Living by yourself, it, it's, not, it's not an easy thing. Some people hate it. I personally quite like it. I can do what I want. I can do what I want with my things. No one else is touching it. No one else yeah. Is, I'm cleaning up my dirty dishes. No one else is. Tell me about it, man. I think I quite enjoy being in my own space at the moment, just yeah. to kind of read a book or just really enjoy it. I Sometimes being around people too much can also be opposing effect. Too much, too much drinking. Back. Yeah, <laughs> get whack. Well, I mean, the um, drinking, the drinking's a, a coping mechanism for some. It probably was for me. I mm, drank. Yeah, I'm trying to steer clear of it a little. Yeah, I think... <laughs> a lot of feels happen with a drink yeah, but it's, uh, and like, yeah, sometimes I get too drunk and stories come out and I have a little cry and things like that happen but uh, things like that are going to keep happening yeah and I'm probably going to keep drinking <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> obviously I'd... not too dangerous extent. yeah for the kids listening. <laughs> um, and then, like, I guess on a final sort of note then, how do you think you would educate people? What do you think a movement should be to open up this topic more and make it like the way we're talking about it rather than, oh shit, I've mentioned it. Yeah, I don't know. It obviously depends on the person themselves and it depends how they want to speak to people. But like speaking to people, even like myself, if there's more people, the way I've dealt with it, the way that I can make a joke out of it, the way that I can maintain a positive attitude, literally just approach people mm-hmm. who you think might be like that or just speak. Yeah, don't don't, so... don't be shy about don't be shy about it. Like if you feel like you're oversharing the story, if you want anything like that, don't. Just tell people. It's so easy to speak about something and then be like, oh sorry, I'm talking too much about that. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing how many people are like you don't need to be sorry. Like, yeah. like speaking about this is like such an important aspect of it and everyone always says that. I was away on the ski trip, I had a little night where we got very steaming and then I ended up I can't even remember how it happened <laughs> got onto the subject of talking about my parents and I burst into tears oh bless and having two pals there that was like why are you saying sorry this is something mm. that you've had to deal with for the last seven eight years I could never do that I would never want to do that that's so nice and like obviously because they love you and I imagine they were like oh no stop talking about it now <laughs> that's so nice though I know it's like there maybe is this whole cliche of oh speak up whatever <laughs> I get it just do it yeah like, Try and be happy and be positive. Take any happiness and positive from any situation. Mm. No matter how sad you might feel, there's always some form of happiness in mm. your life. I refuse to believe that there isn't. Yeah, that's a great message. And I think, yeah, just take the time to be sad if you want to be sad. Yeah. Surround yourself with friends. With good people. With yeah. good people, the yeah. right kind of people. People like Meg. 
<laughs> oh, that's so cute. People like Nathan. Thank you so much. That was really great. And Thanks for having me on. Yeah, that was really good. Thank you for the lovely message. That's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have any thoughts or feedback at all, you can let me know on my Twitter, which is McHugh Corner. Or if you have anything you'd like me to touch upon in my future episodes or to steer that episode towards, then you can let me know that as well. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.